Hi, welcome to Behind the Music Podcast. I'm Bridget Devon, your host, and today I'm excited to welcome Dave Nelson with Outpost Studio. Dave is the supervising sound editor and re-recording mixer, and his work includes documentary, feature films, shorts, as well as experience with albums, uh, musical albums, and um, Outpost Studio provides post-production services for the film and television industry, and they're located in San Francisco. Um, I'm really Correct. excited to have you, Dave, on the show to talk all things music and business and how that intersects with the film and television industry. So welcome, Dave. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. Nice to yeah. see you. Yes. Um, could you share with me a little bit about um, yourself and how Outpost Studio got started? Um, yeah, I I was in a, a kind of a uh, experimental but you know really popular band up in Portland, Oregon for ten years, and the, it was called Upepo, mm -hmm. and uh, we were sort of you know one of the earliest, or certainly a pioneer of what later became world beat music, cool. uh, and which basically meant that we were a bunch of white guys that loved. Uh, uh, you know, Brazilian and Cuban uh, and African music. And we didn't really know how to play it perfectly. And we ended up creating sort of a hybrid that later became called World Beat. Uh, we were mostly all instrumental and we just worked constantly for 10 years straight. Awesome. Awesome. That's so that's so interesting. And how did that um, how did that uh, evolve into the work that you're doing today? Well, I, you know, we finally all just got sick of each other after 10 years on the road <laughs> yeah. um, and the band broke up. And then another band in Portland uh, broke up at the same time. And so the leader of that band uh, and myself moved to San Francisco and we were going to start a band here in San Francisco called Auto Tom. Mm -hmm. um, and we realized that a lot of the technology that we were interested in uh, was just barely developed at that time. And so we thought, well, we need some place to prepare for the, for our gigs that had some technical ability. So we built a little uh, basement studio on Bush Street and uh, as sort of a, a, a whim, a sort of a humorous whim called it poolside because it was about as far away from a pool as you could imagine. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, at the time, what kind of tech were you interested in? Well, I mean, this was when things were just beginning. I mean, the whole world was on tape and we were starting to, we were really definitely inspired by Laurie Anderson. And we realized that, you know, we could develop these tracks in the studio and then play live with the tracks. Uh, wow. What year was that? This would be 1984. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's definitely something you'll see a lot today. People playing with pre-recorded tracks and it for live performance that can be really helpful because, you know, it can allow a smaller group to have a bigger yeah. uh, sound. True. Yeah. And, and that it had just barely existed. And that and that's kind of what Laurie Anderson was doing in the tech and how it worked was very experimental. There was no clear cut way of doing it. Uh, so we just kind of figured that out. Um, and then we uh, met this guy named Dieter Weil, and he had a building in the marina. And so then uh, he, we ended up building our first legitimate recording studio called Poolside. Mm -hmm. And many things happened to Poolside that didn't exist before. Um, we ended up 
using Pro Tools 001, the very first one made. Wow. They, yeah. Um, and then not long after that, we bought the very first digital console by Euphonics. We had 001 of that. Wow. And, um, and we started, you know, just thinking, you know, this is better than using tape because tape was so expensive. The tape recorder was $70,000, you know, Yeah. so just for the tape recorder. And then you had to really use Dolby SR to make it really sound quiet enough. And Dolby SR was $1,000 a channel. Wow. So, yeah. So, I mean, you're talking like just to have the Dolby SR and a tape recorder was $90,000. And so wow. like, when you look at the prices of what you can buy now, I mean, you could buy everything in the world for $90,000. Yeah. Um, and so we were started to work like that. And then somebody, you know, came along and said, well, if you're able to do that, then can't you sync up my film and do the same thing? And we went, huh, hmm, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, and that's really what started the whole thing from the whole segue out of music and into syncing with picture. And a lot yeah. of, you know, really well-known people, um, Donnie Blank invented, uh, they had a, a program called Alchemy that was the first uh, stereo in computer uh, editor and he would uh, all these different people that were like on the cutting edge on the on the manufacturing thing would experiment at, at poolside because Very we were cool. one of the because everyone else thought we were just nuts and that really yeah you know, well you remember like when you know when digital first started everybody was very down on it it sounds brittle you know it didn't really sound brittle but you know tape was is a was a beautiful medium that covered up a lot of mistakes mm -hmm. and just sounded warm and digital you had to force it to sound warm yeah oh yeah absolutely so it really sounds like you guys have been like ahead of the time in terms of the technology and you had a lot of experience in the music industry so when you when um outpost was coming to the scene working with film there there was nobody else that was really doing working with this digital technology yet like that was kind of something you guys were ahead of the game on yeah, I mean, I remember I worked on a film and, and you know, we mixed it. Uh, I was just the sound designer and we mixed it out at Fantasy, and uh, which was very established, totally, you know, analog, machine room operator, projectionist. Uh, and we brought an emulator for synthesizer out there and, you know, said that we had this box that was going to translate time code off the machine and that we were going to trigger the sound design rather than put it on tape. And they thought, you know, they were like, <laughs> they were whispering, you know, to the, you know, to the director, like, you know, these guys are going to, you know, mess your film up. Oh, yeah. This is not going to work. And, <laughs> But yeah. it worked. But it worked, yeah. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> and, you know, there was a lot of really interesting people that came and, and went along that time. A lot of people who later became very famous. And, uh, you know, Doug Murray, you know, was working down there. And Doug Murray just uh, was one of the sound designers on the latest Batman. And we're still all in touch. And, we, you know, we all, you know, it was just an amazing time where we were just, you know, and, and San Francisco was the perfect place to be for it, you know. That's yeah. where all that tech was being was being developed. So um, what are your thoughts on technology and like audio technology today? I mean, there's been like 
you know, there's so many new devices and software and hardware out there. Um, anything, you know, that you think is really exciting or that you're using that you really like? Absolutely. I mean, we're the the philosophy that started all this is is you know we do it to this day. I mean, we use the, whatever seems to be efficient and creative. Uh, you know, whatever the latest latest thing is, we'll give it a try. Yeah. Um, and it you know I think it's fantastic. You know, like right now we're going to build. As far as I know, there may be some other one in you know somewhere, but we're going to build the first hybrid Foley stage here. Um, cool. So you're going to be able to go in and do traditional Foley, but you're also going to be able to play a Foley instrument at the same time in the control room. Very cool. Yeah. Can you share with me, uh, that's a kind of a, a new uh, thought for me, uh, about Foley and what that is? Well, you know, Foley is an established part of the you know motion picture soundtrack for many, many years. And uh it you know is the sounds that people make and in the oh. in the simplest form it would be footsteps oh know? i understand yeah yeah, yeah. and so like the, you know the you, you might see a character walking down an alley but the you know the camera is too far away and you yeah. can't you can't mic them because you would see the camera and the microphone in the shot yeah uh and sometimes it doesn't mean anything and sometimes it's extremely important yeah uh, absolutely yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I, I understand now. But then, um, you know, Foley is sort of like the entire industry was uh, back in the day, where it's a very analog process, and Foley artists are revered for their skill and their collection of Foley props. A typical, you know, Foley artist would have dozens of pairs of different shoes. Uh, you would change shoes for every character um, and do all that. Now there's a lot of software that emulates all that, where you can, mm. on a keyboard, choose the shoes, choose the surface, and perform it. Wow. Is it as good as real Foley? Mm, probably not, mm. um, but it's really efficient. Yeah. And, and we want to combine those two things in one place. You know, oh, like uh, a lot of times we'll do like backgrounds where there'll be, you know, the main characters will be, you know, in front of the camera, but people will be walking behind them, like on the sidewalk, right? And in Foley, you cover all those. So yeah. you do like, you know, maybe five, 10 tracks of background footsteps. Well, those are the kinds of things we would do on a computer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we would say to the Foley artist, okay, you do the girl walking by in the yellow raincoat, and I'm going to do the two guys at the same time on the keyboard okay cool yeah well and you know you see that in music in the music industry i think too is like when people are collecting samples you know for sounds um you know they might have like a keyboard that's already you know got those sounds right there that right, can play, exactly. play. and then then they might go out into their world and be like well i heard a train go by and i love that sound and i'm gonna i'm gonna mix that oh. so it's kind of cool um when you get to mix both that digital analog kind of thing together i mean that's um, what that's what excites me i mean i'm never yeah. going to say that tape doesn't sound great yeah but, yeah. but i would never want to go back to cutting tape and putting the leader i mean it's funny because okay. every once in a while someone will say you know i've got this old tape and i and i wonder if you can digitize it sure yeah. but what we didn't know back then is that you know you would splice the tape with leader in between the songs and like i would put the tape on to transfer it and every splice would break <laughs> Because, tedious. Well, because the no one knew that splices the tape lasted, but the yeah. splices didn't. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's, and now you could just do all that on your computer, just like splice, right. oh, you don't like it, put it back together. That's right. da, da, da. Yeah. Um 
That's so interesting. I love this. I love seeing kind of because we talked about this um, when I called about, um, you know, your you know, what does it mean to be in the music industry and in the film industry? And like, you know, it's like the industry of sound, right? Yeah. And I think that's really interesting how you're kind of brought, you know, you're in that space where you're in both industries. Yeah, I mean, um, once again, it's sort of, it, even when we were at Poolside and we were developing this stuff for film, I was also working with this local uh, producer, Greg Landau. And Greg, you know, we decided early on that we would switch from tape to ADATs. You know, and, and what was the advantage of ADATs? Well, first of all, they were cheap and they were portable and there was no tape hiss. Mm -hmm. So Greg would take yeah. a, Greg would take ADATs to Cuba and record bands in Cuba and then bring them back to me and we would overdub and mix them here cool. uh, through the Euphonics console. And that cool. was, again, a whole technical sync thing. Well, how do you get an ADAT to sync up? And then around that same time, that's when computers started to come on the scene. Yeah, and they just and, take care of all that syncing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, they in the you know early days, you know, they would crash regularly. And you yeah. had to have the mental patience yeah. to say, well, I'm, you know, a lot of people might say, I'm tired of this crashing. I'm going to go back to tape. Yeah, but we didn't do that. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, well, I also wanted to ask too with Outpost Studio. So, what what are you guys working on right now? Like any exciting projects, or what do you see in like the next year? Or you know where where Outpost Studio is going? Yeah, it's a, it's really interesting, and we're and we don't know exactly because it's a, it changes everything's changing so fast. Yeah, you know, I mean, like as you know, what you're doing right now as a podcaster, I mean, they have new microphones that that uh, will filter out the background sound. Yeah. Uh, you know, in your room. Yeah, you know, which means less people need to come in the studio because you can actually sound pretty good at home now because yeah. the microphones are so advanced. Um, but we, you know, we have a, you know, Audible is my client and we do a lot of audio books. Um, and, you know, there is something about having a super experienced engineer sit there with a talent and say, mm, you know, I don't know if that was the right way to say it. There yeah. used to be, again, you know, this is another revolution in audio that it doesn't get talked about that much. But there used to be the talent would come in and a producer would come in. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of places, you know, realize that our engineers are so experienced that they didn't have to hire a producer. Yeah, yeah, um, I believe it. Uh, you know, I've uh, uh, I I know people who do you know some sound engineering, and I'm like they they have a producing ear. You right, know, exactly. Um, yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, I know that my my engineer, Mike, you know, has a little, uh, you know, pronunciation thing on his, you know, if there's ever a question about pronunciation, he has it right there on his iPhone and he just looks it up instantly and says, yeah. no, no, yeah, you were right. It was, uh, you know, superstitious or whatever the yeah. word was, you know. Yeah. Also, uh, foreign language translation is just available instantly as well. Yeah, that's so true. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, uh, before we go, um, and thank you so much. This has just been uh, great learning about all of this. But before we go, Dave, uh, can you share with us how people could stay connected or anything else you'd like to share about Outpost Studio? Well, it's a, you know, we're again, you know, besides the Foley Stage, a real hybrid studio. Um, right now I'm sitting in a, you know, Dolby calibrated film mix stage. Cool. Um, and 
you know, it's it's a little bit unfortunate, you know, what we all read about that, you know, life in San Francisco is hard to be an artist in San Francisco. No doubt about it. I'd say probably 60, 70 percent of my uh, film clients don't live here anymore mm-hmm. because they can't afford to. You can't. Most people can't afford to be, you know, a filmmaker and live in San Francisco. Yep. So, you know, we are have branched out as far as you could possibly branch out. I mean, we're doing, you know, what you're doing. We record podcasts. We record voiceover. We're probably one of the top ADR studios in town. We have two different rooms uh, that are really specifically calibrated for ADR. And we work with, you know, Danny Glover has been in here 20 or 30 times. And wow. uh, we're a destination for, you know, international and uh, ADR, when a movie star is in town and they need to record ADR, we often get that call. Um, cool. But, you know, I am supervising sound editor and, and re-recording mixer and working on feature films, which we're just starting one today, which is called A Thousand Pines. Uh, but I do want to say that uh, my biggest client right now is uh, children's stories. And, oh, cool. And we are casting and sound designing and writing music for children's stories that get played back through this little box called a Tony box. Um, And uh, it's been fantastic. We've done about 10 of them so far. Oh, that's so cool. I'll definitely have to check that out. Um, Well, Dave, thank you so much for taking the time chatting with me. Uh, This has just been such a pleasure and definitely uh, check out Outpost Studio. And um, yeah, this was just such a great time. So thank you so much, Dave. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye.